0: Well, the Eagles shared some very sad news yesterday that over the weekend, Eagles Hall of Famer Timmy Brown died at the age of 82. Uh, Ray Diddinger wrote wrote a wonderful article about Timmy Brown on the Eagles website, an all-time Eagles great. uh, Ray Diddinger is is, uh, gratefully and and graciously joining us right now this morning to talk about Timmy Brown. Ray, good morning. Uh, What made Timmy Brown such a fan favorite with Eagles fans?
1: Well, he was a great player at a difficult time for the franchise. Um, he was a rookie in 1960 when they won the World Championship. Uh, and he was at that time, he was a backup running back, but an outstanding special teams player, punt returner, kickoff returner. Uh, and then it wasn't for a couple of years that he finally got a chance to have a bigger role in the offense, and he was great. The only problem was that it was a time when the Eagles were really bad. Uh, by 1962-63, when he was really hitting his peak, was at a time when the Eagles were falling to the basement of the Eastern Conference. So uh, the fans who uh, remember that era, the fans who remember the Franklin Field days, remember Timmy Brown being a very talented and very valiant player uh, at a time when he didn't have a whole lot of help out on the field. So he was a guy who always gave his best. And in spite of the fact that that his teams were winning two and three games a year, uh, he himself ranked among the league leaders in rushing, receiving, total offense, touchdowns. I mean, he was a great, great player.
0: And, and, and what made him such a special player?
1: Well, uh, it was his speed and his elusiveness. He was a um, um, he was very much a, a player that was kind of ahead of his time. As far as you know, today we talk about running backs who are great catching the ball out of the backfield. That's a big part of the offensive uh, design of teams right now. That you, Everybody's looking for that running back that can come out of the backfield, catch the ball, and turn it into a big play. Uh, and, um, and that's what Timmy was, except Timmy was that in the 60s. So he was a terrific weapon uh, for the Eagles. And uh, he was very elusive. He caught the ball extremely well uh, and tough. I mean, he, was, he wasn't the biggest guy. I mean, he was 5'11 and 190 pounds. But he was, uh, I mean, he would carry a very, very heavy load. And in those days, you know, he didn't have much help. The offensive line wasn't very good. Um, There wasn't, uh, the defense wasn't very good. Most of those Sundays, it was all on him. And uh, two of those years, in 62 and 63, uh, he led the league in a new category, which is called total offense, total yards from scrimmage, which meant. Rushing, receiving, and kickoff return yards, and he was uh, he led the league in that in back-to-back years. At a time when you had some great players in the NFL, including Jim Brown, but uh, Timmy was actually putting up more yards than anybody.
0: Now he, he was on the um, 1960 team, as you mentioned. Um, it was his first year with the Eagles after playing only one game with the Packers the year before. What kind of role did Timmy Brown have on that 1960 championship team? If I'm correct, he scored four touchdowns that season.
1: Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, he was mostly a kick returner, uh, but uh, he, he made some very big plays. And there were a couple games, and really there was a game late in the season, uh, next, to the, next to the last game of the regular season. The Eagles already had the conference championship sewn up, so they were just waiting to play in the championship game. Uh, and they played a game out in Pittsburgh where uh, the weather was terrible. It was snowing, it was sleeting, field was terrible. Uh, and the Eagles head coach, Buck Shaw, decided, look, I'm not going to play any of my regulars. I'm just going to play the backups. So I don't want to get anybody hurt before the championship game. So he started Sonny Jurgensen at quarterback in place of Norm Van Brocklin. And one of the other changes he made was he put Timmy Brown in the backfield uh, in place of Billy Barnes, who was the normal starter. Uh, and what they discovered that day was, boy, what an explosive player Timmy Brown was. Uh, he had a couple of really big runs. He had a couple of really big receptions and runs. And uh, the Eagles went up losing that game, uh, but it wasn't because of Timmy Brown's fault. I mean, they came out of that game feeling like, boy, we really found something here. And his role expanded a little bit in 1961, but really expanded in 1962 when, uh, when he became really kind of the focal point of that offense.
0: A really interesting point from the article that you wrote at the Eagles' website, Ray, is that is that Timmy Brown almost quit after those first two seasons with the Eagles because he wasn't thrilled with the limited role that he had. What what got him to stay on?
1: Um, well, that's an interesting part of the story because – he wasn't making very much money at that time. I uh, think I think he I think he'd once told me his salary was something like sixty five hundred dollars or seven thousand dollars is what he was making for the season. So it wasn't very much. Uh, and he knew that he was a really good player. And his feeling was that he should be getting the ball more. And uh, after two years, even though the team was good, they'd won the championship one year and they had come within a half a game of winning the division the next year. He was just really frustrated uh, and uh... he was he was thinking about walking away and he didn't have enough money to buy his own home and he was actually living with a family out in west philadelphia on pine street uh... and um, the woman in the family had become kind of like a mother to him and when he told her after the sixty one season you know i don't even know if i'm coming back i think i might just go home and start find a job and she said no 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 you can't do that you'll get your opportunity you just you just keep playing and you're going to get your opportunity and she talked him into she talked him into coming back and playing the '62 season. And the '62 season was that was the year it all turned around for him. That was the year they finally realized oh, we got to get this guy on the field. And uh, once they did, man, there was no stop.
0: But but as you said, uh, you know, during his peak years, the team overall wasn't good. If he played on better Eagle teams when his career really took off, do you think his numbers would have been even better than they were? Oh, sure.
1: Oh, sure, yeah, because there weren't many backs like him in the NFL at that time. Uh, there weren't many guys that had his combination of uh, of speed and pass-catching ability. Uh, he was, uh, I mean, his, his former teammate and a great player, Pete Retzlaff, also an Eagles Hall of Famer, uh, has compared him to, to uh, Gale Sayers. I mean, and it's not a bad comparison. I mean, Timmy had the same kind of running style, the same kind of, ability to make guys miss, uh, same kind of explosiveness in the open field. Uh, and that's the kind of back that he was. And, yeah, if he had if he had played on better teams, um, I mean, there's no telling what kind of numbers he put up. It, uh, if you look in the Eagles record book now, if you go back through it, I mean, even though Timmy has been gone now since 1968, which is a long time ago, uh, I mean, he still holds a bunch of Eagles records. I mean, he's still got the record uh for most kickoff returns he's got the record for most kickoff return yardage he's got the record for most kickoff returns for touchdowns uh he's uh like the eighth leading rusher uh he's seventh in all time in all-time all-purpose yardage and the stat that i think is most reflective of his ability is the fact that he is number one number one uh, among all eagles players in yards per touch uh he averaged about six and a half yards every time he touched the football and uh, just to give you an idea of how good he is, uh, the guy in second place is Brian Westbrook. And Timmy's ahead of him almost by, by almost a full yard. So we all remember how good Brian Westbrook was uh, and how dangerous he was and how many big plays he made. But if you go back and you break it down yards per touch, Timmy Brown was the best player the Eagles ever had.
0: That's right. Very, very impressive stats. What was his personality like off the field, Ray? Uh,
1: very engaging, uh, very bright. He was very handsome. He was really, really good-looking. Uh, and, in fact, he was so good-looking that uh, while he was playing, as he was beginning to achieve some success in football and some notoriety, uh, he got some modeling gigs uh, that uh, some people in New York saw him and, uh, and offered him some modeling gigs. Uh, and um, that sort of led to, he got, kind of got the bug, and he, then he started taking s- singing lessons and acting lessons. So during the season, even during the season, uh, when the team had their day off on Monday or Tuesday, Timmy would hop a train and go up to New York and uh, take singing lessons and acting lessons and prepare himself for a career in show business when it was all said and done. As it turned out, that's what he did. Uh, At the end of his career, the Eagles traded him. Uh, At the very end of his career, Joe Kuharik was the coach, and uh, he traded um, Timmy to the Baltimore Colts for another kick returner named Alvin Heyman. And Timmy only played one more year. He played one year with the Colts. His final game was Super Bowl three, the Colts game against the Jets. Uh, and after that, he retired and uh, went out to Hollywood and had a career out there. I mean, he spent about twenty years as an actor uh, and was in some big movies. I mean, he was in the original Mash, which uh, that, that the classic film with Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould. He was in that, uh, and uh, the director of that film, Robert Altman, liked him so much that Robert Altman put him in uh, his next film, which is called Nashville in which Timmy plays uh, a country western, uh, an African-American country western singer, and a role really modeled after Charlie Pride. And uh, Timmy was in that and did his own, did his own singing. So he had, a, he had a pretty nice run in Hollywood. And uh, anybody that ever was around him, you, you saw that he had the looks and he had the personality. And uh, there was real charisma to Timmy Brown, and he brought that to the movie screen as well as the football field.
0: And he was also a, a probation officer after his career as well. His, you know, the, the, his life surrounding football, the football career, is, um, is, quite, is quite the story. We talked about, you know, what, what it was like for him after football. But before football, Ray, he endured a lot of hardships growing up. Um, what were those, and, and how did those define him?
1: Uh, he, didn't have it, he didn't have it easy. It was not an easy road for Tim. Um, he was, uh, he was born into a, a family that uh, was struggling economically. Uh, his father was an alcoholic. His mother did the best she could uh, trying to raise the family, but they just, there was just no money. And uh, so he and his brother were sent off to live in an orphanage. Uh, they, they actually went to a couple of foster homes and then wound up in an orphanage out in Indiana. Uh, and he was in the orphanage all the way through high school. Uh, and it was sports that, got him that, that gave him a, a new path in life. And um, he was a really, really good athlete in high school, obviously. Good enough that he uh, got a scholarship, a partial scholarship, to a small Indiana college called Ball State. Uh, and he went there and played both basketball and football. And even though Ball State was way, way off the radar back in the 50s, I mean, nobody had ever heard of the school. Uh, but Timmy's reputation was such that people found out about him. And he wound up being drafted in two sports, uh, the Green Bay Packers drafted him in the 27th round. Hard to believe the draft was 27 rounds back then, but it was. The Green Bay Packers drafted him in the 27th round, and the Philadelphia Warriors in the NBA actually drafted him in the 8th round. So he had a choice. He could go try and play pro basketball, or he could go to pro football, and he felt that at 5 feet 11, he had a better chance to make it in football. So uh, that's what he did, and it turned out that he had a great career.
0: Remarkable career, great story. Uh, his passing over the weekend is very sad. But, Ray, uh, thank you so much for taking some time this morning to talk about the life of Timmy Brown. Really appreciate it.
1: He's a great guy. He really was. I mean, the last time I saw him was 2015 when he came back to town. He was living on the West Coast with his son. Um, his health had been in decline for a number of years. Uh, and he uh, in 2015, he was inducted into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. And he and his son flew from California back to Philadelphia to be there for the dinner that night and to accept the award, and it was, it was lovely. It was great to see him again. Uh, he was obviously in, in the stages of the onset of dementia, you can kind of tell. Uh, and when he got up to give his acceptance speech, he couldn't quite make it through it, and his son finished the speech for him. It was really a very touching moment, and uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house when they stepped down off the stage. So nothing but great memories about Timmy Brown. He was a really good fellow and a great football player.
0: It's a beautiful story, and you told it so well, Ray. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Stay well and stay safe during this scary time as the pandemic is going on, and look forward to our next conversation whenever that may be. I look forward to it, too, Dave. Thanks very much. Take care, Ray. Thank you. Uh, Ray, Ray Dininger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.